Hello, and welcome to Two Beards, One Comic. Hello, and welcome back to Two Beards, One Comic. And we're on issue number four. Four. Yes, I know. Uh, it should be a lot more, but we're, we're not uh, doing these as as often as, as we should. But uh, quarantine has limited the amount of comics uh, we've had, but uh, or currently reading. Um, yeah. But on this week's issue, um, well, first, before we get into what we'll be talking about, let's introduce ourselves again for all of our listeners. Hi, I'm Colton, and this is my brother, Jesse Gagnon. Gignon. <laughs> and uh, we're just two brothers uh, living in, in Ontario who uh, have a... A really uh, nasty addiction. A really yes. seedy addiction to all things sequential art. You know when I notice it the most, though? Is when I get my T4s at the end of the year and I see how much money I actually made. And then yeah. how much money I actually have left in my bank account. And then I realize... <laughs> Uh-oh. I need help. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this week's issue, um, I will be talking about because comic book stores have been closed for about two weeks now here in Canada. Um, I haven't had much comics to read, so I've been s- trying to span them out longer, trying to uh, spread my... Because normally I read about six six to eight comics. Uh Every time I sit down and read, I usually sit down to read my comics though once a week, usually on Wednesdays or Thursdays, depending if I can get them on Wednesdays. Um, but so this week, I will be talking about the last issue I have of the Batman Curse of the White Knight, which I read uh, yesterday. And then I might also talk about, uh, I'm currently finishing off my um, issues of the... Batman series on DC Comics uh, just went off the um, sub-story of the City of Bane, which anyone who's reading the comic is, uh, Batman is fighting with Bane and his father from another dimension. Uh, what do you uh, what do you plan on talking about this week, Jess? Uh, this week I want to talk about, it's this book, I've had it for a while, but it's a really cool um I have the trade paper back for it. It's a cool story called Nam Wolf, Heart of Darkness. And it's written by Fabian Rangel Jr. And it's drawn by Logan uh, Farber. And it's basically, what I like about it is it touches on this sort of weird subgenre of um, horror and horror comics. More horror, I guess. Um, Monsters in Modern Warfare. So I'll, I'll go into that. I'll talk about the book and then I'll talk about all the other cool things that are kind of like very similar to it, movie and book wise. And yeah, and we'll just go from there. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Sorry, so, yeah. just quickly looking at something, trying to find the, uh, the page. Cole's looking at his notes. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at my notes for future reference. Because <laughs> I hear you talk and I go, shit, man, this guy's got everything figure it out it's probably all in front of them <laughs> here i am sitting in my bed surrounded by pillows um so yeah no that sounds really interesting um com- uh, i find uh monsters in in comics and warfare 
it's a very cool subject. Um, it's I'm, well, what what I find interesting about it is like, so I've read this book, Nam Wolf. I think I've read it twice now. Uh, what I find interesting is like, there's all these other things I've seen, mostly film, but these other things I've seen and read, and it's just like this weird. I don't know. It's like a weird. What brings these two things together? Because like, there's stories about warfare and monsters, but like more specifically modern warfare. So when I say that, I mean like World War Two, uh, Vietnam, um, things like that, where you have the American soldiers with their bucket helmets and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, smoke them if you got it attitude. So anyway, we'll get into that after when it's when it's my turn. And I'll, I'll talk. About yeah. That. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Like, there's one thing that pops in my head when you talk about monsters and warfare, but I'll mention that when we get to uh, to you this week. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll start with me this week because um, I believe we started with you last. Um, even though I find that when you talk, it's a lot more interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so well, yeah. no, I don't know. You you got yeah. some pretty cool stuff. You read stuff that I don't read, so. Well, yeah, I read, uh, well, Strictly Batman. Um, so, yeah, so this week, I, like I said um, to our listeners, yesterday I finished issue number seven of Batman Curse of the White Knight. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what um, Batman Curse of the White Knight is, it is a follow-up to the first uh, Batman uh, White Knight storyline, which uh, if anyone who read it, Batman is trying, uh, ends up um, not fixing, but reversing the effects of the Joker on um, Jack Napier, which is his name in the comic, that series. Uh, for some of the for our heavier listeners, you know that the Joker doesn't have a concrete name. Uh, he doesn't have a concrete backstory. But anyways, this but is the Jack, Jack Napier. Isn't that the name of the guy from the Batman Tim Burton movie? Yes. Yeah, so Jack, for uh, like any diehard Batman followers, Jack Napier is the one name that they seem to use the most. Um. The bat, the uh, not Batman Joker has mentioned it multiple times. I think there's another comic where, um, I think it's like the Joker's cousin or something is talking to him and he goes, like, Hey, Jack. And then just before he can finish off the sentence, Joker kind of like shuts him up. So, like, in the comics, they never like the Joker never ever like DC has made it like has made it official that like there is no concrete backstory yeah. like, you know how batman has a concrete bruce wayne killed by his parents became Batman. Yeah. you know superman yeah. landed in uh kansas you know so on and so forth joker yeah. he likes his multiple choices they say yeah not um, definitely. but wasn't didn't you remember in the the scott snyder run do you remember when they both lost their memory yes Yes. What, that, what, what name did he go by then? Uh, I don't think. I think he. I think he just. In, I. I now shouldn't. Which is good because now I'm thinking of things I can reread. Um, but I think he just introduced because they sit at a bench, and I'm pretty sure he just introduces himself as Jack. Okay. 
But yet again, in that comic, if you read it, you don't really like because at that point in time, they both completely lost the memory. So it's almost like, is that actually his name, or is that just what he woke up and remembered on the top of his head? So yeah, like that. Yeah. I'm waiting for in the future. They um, there's supposed to be a comic coming out called. Um, it's I forget what the title is called, but um, it's the Three Jokers. It's a storyline because if anyone who reads the com- uh, Batman series, uh, when Batman um, was uh, controlled the Morpheus chair, he asked, uh, "What? Who? Who is the Joker?" Yeah, and the chair tells him that the Joker is three people, which Batman yeah. goes, "What? Yeah, uh, supposed to be well, really." Supposed to be released sometime this year, but it keeps getting pushed back. Um, but there was there, supposed to be a storyline where there's three jokers. Have you have you heard the fan theory that um, the the Joaquin Phoenix Joker is actually part of the same universe as the Scott or as the um, uh, shoot Zack Snyder universe, and that Jared Leto is actually just like a like just a a guy that. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix kind of like took on as a disciple to take over the name. No, I haven't read that, but it'd, yeah. be, it'd, it'd be interesting it's... to find out if they release that comic and they release it with the new Robert Patterson Joker and they put Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in the Robert Patterson and they suggest that like Joaquin Phoenix was the first Joker and then he yeah. kind of just makes these disciples and Jared Leto is just one of those disciples. I hope so. Because it would explain it would explain away the whole reason why that joke is so shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was like looking back through old posts on my Instagram, and like I remember when they first were releasing photos of that Joker, and I was like so hyped for it, and like now reading back at him, I'm like, oh, I was so fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, but yeah, the Jared, the Jared Leto Joker sucks. The the Joaquin Phoenix one. Oh, it's amazing. Okay, yeah. Okay. I, don't, I don't buy many movies. But it's one of the few um, that I own. Um, such a good movie. Such a good movie. Like it's yeah. like even if you don't like comic books, it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, back to what I was talking about. Um, so I'm currently reading Batman: Curse of the White Knight, which is a follow-up. Uh, in this one, uh, shortly after Joker is put back into jail, because unfortunately he reverted back to his Joker persona. Um, He basically lets, tells Batman that there is a secret that would basically destroy him. And the Joker, then Batman later finds out that he hired, he got this guy by the name of um, uh, Azriel, um, John, John Paul, um, Shit, what's his last name? John Paul. Um, I don't know. The comics now to find his last name. People are going to be listening going, how does you talk about comics? You Is don't know his last name. Jean Paul Dumont or something? Yeah, Dumont. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but he goes by Azriel. Um, yeah. Then as the comic goes by uh, throughout the series, you later find out that uh, Azriel. Uh, the DuPonts and the Waynes were uh, rivals back in the day when when Gotham was first starting out. They were the two 
main rich families of Gotham. And then you think, as the story progresses, it is led to believe that the Waynes had betrayed the Dumonts um, so that Dumont, uh, John Paul is trying to uh, get his, I guess, pride, uh, his um, honor. Honor back, yeah. yeah. So, um, currently in the seventh issue, um, it is Batman has been outcast by Gotham City. Uh, he is being hunted by the police. Um, most of the city is against him. And currently, uh, Azrael has taken up not really the mantle of the Batman because Batman's still operating, but he is. He is in a Batman suit of his own. So yeah, so Edmund is uh, walking around and uh, uh, not Edmund, sorry, um, Jean-Paul Dumont is walking around in the new Batman suit, his upgraded Batman suit that he stole from the GCPD um, because they plan on taking over um, the GTO, I should say. Um, So anyways, Batman has come to grips that he can't can't protect Gotham City like he used to. So, um, and that, you know, it, it, there's no point anymore because he later finds out that he's not even a Wayne because um, early in the issues, Joker uh, tells him that there's this hilarious punchline that it, everything's a joke. And you later find out that Joker stumbled upon a burial ground uh, a cave of some sort um that written in blood on the wall he had written i am edmund wayne not joker but someone had written yeah, I am yeah. Edmund wayne. Um, you later find out that the dna of the blood written in i am edmund wayne is not bruce wayne's it's not his bloodline you later find out that it's actually jean paul uh dumont's uh, bloodline. So somehow, oh, so Bruce Wayne's related to Jean Paul Dumont. Yes. Oh fuck. Yeah. Well, he's related to the original Dumont. Yeah. And somehow, um, the two of them had been switched. Um, that what happened was that Dumont betrayed Wayne. Uh pushed him into this this hole to die and then he took on the mount he took over the persona he fooled everyone into thinking that it wasn't and uh, it wasn't that it was Dumont that died in the cave it was uh, no that it wasn't Edmund Wayne that died in the cave that it was uh, actually him so he took on the name of Edmund Wayne and and then as the generations moved on, he kept the name Wayne. So, but and actually, in, in reality, the Waynes are actually Dumont bloodline. Huh. Um. So he goes like, like, what am I doing? Like, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, this corporation is corrupt. The the Wayne enterprise is corrupt by this group of of. Um, villains, I guess you'd say they're not really your typical villains in comic books in the sense of like 
you know, Penguin and stuff like that, but like just villains in real life, elitists, people who control the system. So Wayne Enterprise is corrupt. He finds out that he's not even a Wayne. So he's like, like, I, why am I? Yeah, I, I have nothing. Like everything is destroyed. I have nothing left. So he finally comes to grips, and he basically sets out a plan to tell Gotham that he, that Batman is actually Bruce Wayne, and that if they would just stick with him one more night to fin, like to destroy. Um, Azrael, uh, he would just one more night as Batman, and then he'd turn himself in. Um, so he he tells everyone. A lot of people are not happy with the decision. Uh, there's actually a really cool scene where he, because all his Batmobiles had been destroyed, um, where he he uh, opens the garage and it's the uh, Batmobile from like um, the. Uh, like Tim Burton, uh, Batman. Like oh, that's Tim the Burton. coolest one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my, it's like, this has always been my favorite. And it's yeah. actually funny. So he, he jumps in the car, and I laughed, and Deanna, like my girlfriend Deanna, she's like, well, what's so funny? I was like, you'd have to know. But he jumps in the car, and he gets, he says, let's get nuts. So if anyone who knows the, the movie, it's a famous, like, you want to get nuts? You want to yeah. dance with the devil? You want to get yeah. nuts? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. So it's actually kind of funny. So he jumps in the Batmobile and he takes off. And then he also has the conversation with Dick Grayson. And um, Dick Grayson basically says, like, you know, like, uh, what are you going to do when you finally capture Azrael? And he's like, Batman Cohen is like, what are you saying? And he goes, you know what I'm saying. Batman doesn't say anything. And he goes, and that's exactly what I think. He goes, you you can't like you won't be able to live with this, with yourself if you kill Azrael. Like Batman does not kill, and he kind of finally like kind of blows Dick Grayson's mind by saying like Batman's dead, and so is Azrael, and he takes off. So it, it's Whoa. yeah, like it's it's great. Like it's a, for any of the listeners. Like I highly recommend when this comic comes out in trade paperback, please go pick it up because, like I said, like. The artwork in this comic is amazing. The story is... Uh, Who wrote it? Uh, Sean Murphy. Oh, Sean Murphy wrote it. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. He did the art too then. Yeah, he did the art and yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, and then so he, he goes off to find Azriel. Um, unfortunately... Uh, Issue eight, the last issue, is out and it is in my file, um, but I'm unable to read it because comic book stores are currently closed. Yeah, um, I do know what happens in it, kind of roughly. Um, it's kind of a scary time because, like, this is the first time in memory where comic book stores have been all closed. You can't get yeah. any comics anymore. Yeah. It's yeah, I think it's 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 a create like uh, I have a lot of like cosplay buddies and stuff, and a lot of them are in the same boat as I am. Where it's like they don't have any comics coming in; they refuse to buy digital. Um, I'm the same way, like because 
Dan's like, well, you could just get like the digital issues. I go, yeah, but I'm gonna read them and then gonna have to, I'll, my elitist, like my completest part of my brain, yeah. I still want to buy these comics because I broke down yeah. recently and I got two issues that are missing because when I did the transfer from Calgary to here, um, I there's two that got kind of missed. So I, I did. I broke down. I got digital. I got them on my Kindle. But the problem is, is there's two issues. One, my Kindle's small, so everything's super small, and it's not the big full size comic size. And two, it's it's black and white, so it's like I read comics a lot for their art as well, right? So mm-hmm. it's there's the the lack of color is not it's it's fine because you're getting the story, and it was good enough to patch patch between the two stories I was re- reading. I was um, it's Manifest Destiny and Birthright. Um, it's like those one issue each. So it's good enough just to patch me through so I can continue reading the series. But mm-hmm. yeah, reading them on my Kindle was just kind of like, ah, it's like I want them bigger and I want them colorful. And that was yeah that was missing. So no, I totally anyway. agree. Um, but yeah, so but I like this one, like because I know kind of how it ends. Um, I'm really like I really want to get it, but um, you later find out. So in this series, in the the White Knight storyline, um, it's kind of changed the the way the order of Robins. So in this, I think I mentioned in the last issue of uh, Two Beards One Comic that um, in this storyline, Jason Todd was the first Robin. He was killed by the Joker. Um, Batman became so for a while, then he took on Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson was the second Robin. But in this last issue, uh, when all this Azrael stuff ends, I don't know how it ends, luckily enough, so uh, there will be mystery to the comic. But after all this stuff ends, and Batman is sitting in the jail waiting to be processed and go to trial his uh, crimes against Gotham who who walks in but Jason Todd whoa he's a military personnel and he's been hired by the commissioner not Commissioner Gordon because he dies in the storyline but um, it's uh, Commissioner I think it's the new Commissioner is um <sighs> What's his name? Uh, she takes on the mantle of the question in the comic book series. Um, oh, Montoya. Montoya. Montoya is the new commissioner. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she has hired Jason Todd to watch over Bruce Wayne while the trial happens because everyone knows if Batman wanted out, he would just get out. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm excited to read. I'm hoping that they. I'm hoping Sean Murphy does another storyline because the rumors are that uh, there has to be a Batman. Like Batman does say in the comic, like there always has to be a Batman. Like Gotham needs a Batman, but obviously it can't be him. So I think what I'm hoping is they do an issue, like they do a a third installment of this White Knight storyline and that Bruce Wayne then passes on the mantle of Batman onto Jason Todd. 
Yeah, that'd be cool. Because they can't pass it on to Dick Grayson because Dick Grayson and Bobby Gordon are part of the GTO, which is uh, Gotham's vigilante, not vigilante, but costumed hero department of the GCPD. Um, is both Dick Grayson and Bobby Gordon um, realize that it doesn't make sense for for vigilantes to work separately from the police department that they should do yeah. one unit. So they start right. the GTO. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that they do another issue because that's if anyone knows me, Jason Todd, man. Um, so I'm hoping they do another one, but that's the main reason I want to watch the conclusion, like read the conclusion of this comic is just because I just want to see Jason Todd. <laughs> Sweet. It's, that sounds like a wicked story. I, I might pick that up. But there's there's a first one, right? There's the um Frick, what was the name of the first story arc? Oh, it's just Batman and the White Knight. Right. And then this is Batman the Curse of the White Knight? Yeah. 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 So they if they do another one, it has to be like Batman something of the White Knight or White yeah. Knight of something. But yeah. It's or, it, and it, I think too like Actually, a lot in comics currently right now with Batman storylines. There's been this this in several different stories. They've been doing this whole um, Batman uh, hanging up the mantle kind of thing. Like so, like if you if anyone's been reading the current like Batman storyline when he is taking on Bane and his father, it's the whole premise is his father is doing all this evil thing. So that Bruce Wayne doesn't have to be Batman anymore to hang up the mantle, move on, be happy. So I think I've always kind of liked those storylines of, of, of Bruce Wayne kind of coming to terms with with who he is and and you know either hanging up the mantle or coming to the conclusion that he can't hang up the mantle. Um, anything like that just intrigues me. I think. Well, in every, like, really, when you think about most good Batman stories head towards that direction, they head towards the end of Batman. So yeah. the, Scott's, the Scott Snyder original storyline, I think it ends with him. Um, oh, no, that wasn't until Death Metal. That wasn't until Metal that he dies. Anyway, yeah. but, like, there's, there's an end. Because in the Scott Snyder original run, there's that machine that Batman builds that um, starts him off at 27 every, what was it? Every 27 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's always been for every good Batman story, there's this end, like, you know, um, Dark Knight Returns. It's about an end. Like it's about coming, coming out of an yeah. end or going into an end. Um what else? Like, oh, well, even just the Christopher Nolan Batman. Christopher Nolan. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's about Alfred saying, like, you need to stop this. You need to be happy and move on. Mm-hmm. So, like, like Superman, Superman's in a, a, the opposite. He's the anti, anti antithesis of it because Superman's like every good Superman story is like sort of letting on that he's going to be around forever. Like they'll he'll. Yeah. Clark Kent will just be this like immortal superhero who will never die and will always be Superman. Whereas mm-hmm. Batman is the opposite. Whereas Batman's just immortal, but there's supposed to be an end to him. He's supposed to end one way or the other. 
Yeah. <clears throat> and I guess a good point though is like Thomas Wayne is a good example of like you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. So Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree. Like, yeah. And I think but I think like in that storyline you read it and Thomas Wayne is a bat like is a villain, but you can like as a like I don't really understand it yet because I'm not a father, but you kind of can understand it. Is he, he he's doing all this because he wants the best for Batman because of what he went through in yeah. his dimension as Batman. You know what I mean? He lost his wife. You know he lost his child. He ends up going on a murder spree and killing all these villains. So he does all that because he he th- in his brain he thinks all these deeds like killing Alfred and killing all these bad you know like killing all these villains yeah he's doing it for the right re- like to him he thinks he's doing it for the right reason yeah. like, I need to, to would you say to that he he does all this stuff because he's like if I give Bruce no reason to continue being Batman he'll stop being Batman yeah and that's he yeah. says it in the comics like I, I destroyed all these things so you wouldn't have to be Batman anymore. And then Batman decides, like, basically says, like, you don't understand, like, I, like, I am Batman. Like, and then they fight and a bunch of things, like, in the conclusion issue number 85 of Batman, um, they, they conclude it quite well, actually. Like, basically, um, Batman marries, doesn't, officially marry um selena kyle but they kind of exchange rings and then they you know wake up in bed the next day and then he kind of realizes that like we're not officially married but every day i wake up with you i'm happy and that's kind of i think the conclude and that's that's the best way to conclude the comic is like the whole City of Bane storyline is Thomas Wayne destroying Batman's life because he thinks that he needs Bruce Wayne to stop being Batman to be happy. But it, they conclude the series by saying, "Like I am Batman, and because I'm Batman, I am happy." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's it's well well executed. Um, for anyone, uh, you should like I'm pretty sure they'll probably end up releasing some kind of trade paperback of the city of Bane, but um, another, another great storyline. Um, oh, and then there's other things like, you know, like they, they do within the comics, but um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just Batman coming to terms that I can be Batman and be happy. So cool. Yeah. I, but yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm on issue 86 now. I only have until 90. So it's funny though, because at the end of the issue I just read, though, it's funny. It's the Joker, and he's like killing one of it, his henchmen. But then it says like the end is coming in 2020, and it kind of made me laugh because it's <laughs> like because the this issue like I'm way behind, so I'm pretty sure this issue came back. I came out. Uh, well, it came out February of 2020, but it's just yeah. funny that like the end is coming in 2020. Oh, they didn't know. 
<laughs> like I'm I wouldn't be surprised if comic books like DC or Marvel put out some kind of like COVID nineteen COVID nineteen issue yeah. when all this yeah. shit's done. Yeah. Well, like you know, as soon as you said that, it made me think of the issue of Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man. I think it was issue thirty. 36 is it the um, the black cover yeah yeah and then that was the september 11th issue and Mm -hmm. like really i can't remember event a global event that happened that was on par with september 11th and and it's covid19 i think is like september 11th wasn't even this ground like this earth shattering it was earth shattering i shouldn't say it wasn't but it's it didn't affect us to the degree that this has affected us to the point of like a complete physical slowdown of the world, a complete, almost a stop. Like you can't not like nothing's going in or out of countries. Nobody's leaving countries. Nobody is moving around. Like, I don't know. So it's, you, you know, if like when this passes over, I'm not going to say if I'm going to say when this passes over, um, I think it'd be dumb for these comic book companies not to go like we need to make something to commemorate this. Well, and it's, it's essentially going to be like, um, you know, early man crawling out of the cra- the caves. Like, you know, it's going to be this new dawn and like things are going to be different and it's a, almost like a reset. So I'm sure the comic books will adapt to that and go, you know, COVID's over and they're going to do an issue about COVID and then, you know, there'll be new issues. In fact, if anything, that, um, what was it, the 5G, DC yeah. 5G, that, like, that almost makes sense now after this, is, like, yeah. do something like that. Like, do something completely different. The world's been stopped. Comic books have been stopped. Storylines are, are ended and starting mm-hmm. a new storyline. But I don't think they'll do that. No. I think, well, they'll, like, I think the one positive thing I think is going to come out of this is I think this whole like hiatus is going to a lot of these writers. I think this whole break will give them so much time to yeah. get some like concrete, well written stories laid out so that when, when everything does open up. I think a lot of these writers are going to have like kick-ass stories, kick-ass stories to, you know, well, uh, and just think of like the surplus of comics too, that have already been done and printed. Like we're going to be getting issues because they're working on stuff of their own. So we're going to get a whole bunch of these issues that have been pre-made. They're either going to come out exactly on time, uh, like stuff that would take forever to come out on time. It'll be all caught up. They'll come out on time or all come out as one. Um, like we might even get some people who are going to say, okay, well, you know, I just, I've got this new story I want. And they're saying this through the publisher. I want you to take these last few issues that I had ready. I want you to turn them into a book, release the book as like an ending. And then I want to start doing this new story. And like, yeah. you know, it's going to be this really weird kind of, I don't know. Like I said, new dawn in comics. Like people are just going to be. Uh, yeah, it. I think it'll be good, but it could also be bad. I don't know. 
Well, and I think too is a lot of like I know I was talking to this to with one of my buddies, and he's worried that like a lot of these smaller comic book stores might not recover from this. You know, being closed for so long. Yeah, I'm worried about that too. Like I'm like, I think Woods Clyde is probably going to survive, but I think uh, to be honest, I think he's going to increase his prices. Yeah, well, especially with their dollar being so bad. Yeah. Because, like, for all listeners, the, one of the main reasons I shop at Woods Clyde is because he, uh, his prices are relatively low compared to a lot of these bigger uh, comic book stores here in, like, London or Toronto because what he does is he just takes the cover price, which is in U.S. dollars, and he just increases it by only by 10%. Um, which he says, even though they, you know, they say that they should be sold for like there is a suggested retail price in Canadian dollars, he sells them for a little bit less than that because he doesn't think that he believes that like cover price should be cover price kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but he understands like he's got to make money, so he only I think he only does like ten percent. But I think once this is over, I think he's going to start selling comics at suggested retail place. Yeah. Just, or at least for a while until, you know, he recoups his money. But Or he'll just say that that's, this is the place from now on. And we'll, that's that. I'm not going to complain because I think yeah. it's comics for so long. But yeah. Well, and you know what? If anyone deserves to do that and shouldn't feel shame or ashamed to have to do that it's it's world's oh, it's 100%, because, yeah 100%. because like you know i don't mean to crap on any comic book stores that i i've gone to but uh you know world's collide tim at world's collide um how many times has he given us crazy awesome variant covers for cover price oh like you go you go anywhere else and they're going to charge you an arm and a leg fifty dollars thirty dollars for one issue and Tim, from day one, has always been like, that's ridiculous. Because he just believes that, like, there are variant issues. He, I, don't think, I, I don't think he gets charged for those variant issues. No, the he, extra money. Yeah, he's yeah, charged like, cover yeah. price. He's charged, charged, like, the regular price. So he just thought it was, it's like a crock. It's, a, it's almost like a, um, a, scam. a scam. Yeah. So, then I, but I also, on the other hand, I also understand bigger stores and bigger cities having to sell them for those big, bigger prices. Because if you don't do it that way, you're just going to get people who are going to buy them for cheap and then turn around and sell them yeah. for, you know, whatever, like a 300, sometimes 2000% markup. So yeah. I think I, I, you know who, who's who when it comes to like, so like a, uh, like a story that pops up in my head when it comes to Tim Woods Clyde is like, when issue number one of Venom came out, um, they released. Uh, are you a, are you talking about the um, the Rick Remender Tony Moore? Uh, it's the I think that's who did, it, but the cover was drawn by Todd McFarlane. Okay, yep. The Todd McFarlane number one cover issue. Um, yeah. It was one of those like. Uh, so for our listeners, when a comic book store orders so many issues, they will then like, so like say, you know, if you order a thousand of this issue, 
we will give you, you know, X amount of this limited release cover. Yeah. So uh, Tim had ordered, I think he said he had to order a thousand of this specific issue or whatever. And they gave him so many covers of this Todd McFarlane number one. Yeah. So when I went into the store, I had saw, I, I seen the cover. They were selling it for, I think, $20. That was the sticker price on the cover. Um, I didn't buy it because I was like, I'm not spending that kind of money. Um, I went home and it wasn't until I think pretty sure I'm, I was home for like no more than 15, 20 minutes on Instagram. And I saw posts about how that same comic was selling for a hundred dollars. So I quickly ran back, like I quickly got in my car and went back to Woods Collide. And I was, I was going to buy it. I was like, I'll pay the $20. But Tim's like, he's like, do you want it? I go, yeah, like I'll buy. He's like, oh. so he rang it up and it came to like, I think five something. I was like, that's not right. And he goes, yeah, it's cover price. I don't care. I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I paid the, I paid the, the regular amount. He goes, it's just, I, you know, it's $20. Cause that's what the market value is saying it's worth right now. And he's like, that. he's like, you shop here so much that like, I'm just gonna yeah. sell it price. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's the that's the the awesomeness of Tim and Brian. Like Brian's yeah. kinda of taken over now, but Brian does the same thing. Um, you know, he he basically he's Brian's almost this like weird uh younger clone of Tim. It's bizarre. Like mm-hmm. they 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 have the same mentality about salesmanship and and you know running a store, but they also have the same mentality about comics and stuff. And it's like, Brian's this clone of Tim, (laughs) like a younger version of Tim. It's, it's cool. But anyway, yeah, those guys are awesome. I really hope they pull through this. Oh yeah. I think I, like I said, I'm pretty sure that they'll, they'll, they'll come out on the other side. Fine. Okie dokie. Um, so yeah, so yeah, that's what I read this week. So uh, thanks. Uh, we'll get into the interesting part of the podcast, and we'll uh, see what you got to talk about this week, Just Oh come on, <laughs> you! I was interested. I mean, I'm. I think the the story about the White Knight is cool, and I've been meaning to try and get a copy of that. So I might just go on Amazon and, and buy. By the first one, yeah, yeah, because the first one's in trade paperback, so I yeah. believe I, I think I actually have it. Um. Okay. Well, I uh, guess going to what I'm going to talk about then. Sure. Cool. Okay. So I'm I reread uh, for the second time the book Nom Wolf: Heart of Darkness. Uh, written by Fabian Rangel Jr. and uh, illustrated by Logan Far Farber. Um, this is it's a it's a book actually published by a publisher called Albatross, who was created that was started by an artist named Eric Powell, 
who's um I don't know if you guys out there, he is the guy that created the goon, which is probably one of the funniest, craziest comic book heroes that came out of an independent publisher. Because uh, I got introduced to the goon through Tim actually at Worlds Collide through the goon and at that point it was published by dark horse but it was originally published by this albatross and then eric got famous and uh dark horse i think took on the goon and they started doing the goon for a while and now albatross has taken back the goon and they're doing their own books again but when they uh when they went into their second opening albatross started like eric started putting together other artists and writers and creating new storylines so non-wolf was one of those storylines and this this book is really cool because it's a, it's about this um vietnam war um this kid gets drafted in the vietnam war and like he's i think he's only 18 and he gets drafted in and he finds out that he's like a werewolf like he comes from a long line of werewolves that have fought in wars um and the uh, the art's really cool. The coloring is great. I think it's digital coloring, but it's pretty cool. And the transformations that they show, like that's the key for anything that's a werewolf story. The transformations either make or break the story. Like there's nothing worse than when you're just like, I'm a man and now I'm just a wolf. It's like, no, mm. you, you got to show like the knuckle cracking, the like the extension, the, like the teeth falling out, being replaced by wolf teeth the eyes like the whites of the eyes clouding over and then turning into these yellow irises. Like that's the cool stuff about a, a werewolf story. Yeah. But no, what I really, reminds, oh, sorry, as you say, it reminds me of, um, was it a comic or a movie? Something's popping in my mind though. It's same story, like same story where it's like, um, these werewolf, like this war that's been fought by werewolves, and they're soldiers, and then they go out and they're hunting this rogue werewolf who ends up being um, uh, a terrorist. And uh, but the transformation, I have not, it, I it can picture in my head, but um, yeah, no, it. I think, but that was the the biggest thing that intrigued me was the transformation of these werewolves. Hello, I'm still here. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. I heard a clicking noise. Thought maybe you dropped your phone again. No, no, no. Um, no, and it's it's you know what what's crazy about this is there's a lot of werewolves in modern warfare. So when I when I so it was like, I'm going to talk about this comic. I started thinking about like, oh shit, there's this story and this story and this story. And then it goes into other stories. So like Nom Wolf is the book that I'm talking about. And any of you listening out there, definitely go check it out. Uh, it's like apostrophe N-A-M-W-O-L-F. Um, you know, if you put in Fabian Rangel Jr. or Logan Farber, you, you'll probably find them that way too as well. Um, but yeah, go, it's, it's a, cool story the art's great but also too there's other stories like if you really like this or you like stuff like dog soldiers which is a movie about some british soldiers in modern times who have to go up against a bunch of werewolves um there's a um a story in the new creep show on shutter which is probably one of my best uh, one of my favorite streaming services that i i've subscribed to um, Creepshow television series 
there's a story I think in uh, episode two called Bad Wolf Down, uh, and it's it's about a bunch of soldiers in World War II that end up becoming werewolves and fighting a bunch of Nazis, which is always fun. It's always it's always fun to fight Nazis and and tear them apart. Um, what's another good one? There's a story in uh, the Netflix series Love, Death, and Robots called uh, Shapeshifter, and it's about uh, Marines that fight against that. I think a Marine becomes a werewolf and he fights against um, the terrorists as a werewolf. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, it may, yeah, maybe it's that one. Uh, and then yeah. I think there's two werewolves. It's oh, that's what it was. They're werewolves that are trained in the Marines, like they have their own yeah. subdivision of werewolves. Yeah, but I know. They're, yeah. They're, 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 they're perceived as like, like, as yeah, like garbage as like with the garbage rest people. of the military. Yeah. That's right too. Yeah. I know that that's a good yeah. story because they're treated like trash and like cannon fodder, but like these, these werewolf Marines could tear apart these assholes any chance they wanted, but they don't, mm. they kind of, they believe in fighting for their country. So um, what's another good one? Uh, there's so many like stories about werewolves. Um, I mean, my friend, Justin, where, Captain, where Captain America turns into a werewolf. <laughs> well, there you go. That's well, yeah. That's a very good point. There's there seems to be this connection of werewolves, and 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 modern warfare. I I could philosophize about it because, um, and I, I've talked to my partner Kate about this multiple times. I I kind of identify with werewolves. I've always identified with werewolves, and I think a lot of that has to do with werewolves. They are the the uh, not the lower class, but like they're the middle class. Um, you know, they're, they're very much, they survive on what they can get their hands on. They live day to day. They just kind of live, you know, hand to mouth every day, you know, go out, find food, get the food, bring it back, take care of their pack, take care of their family. You know, don't take more than, than you need. Um, and, and vampires are the higher class, elitists, they're the upper yeah. class, the elitists. Uh, like I've always thought, oh, a werewolf, <clears throat> a lot of the stories that I've ever the good ones I've ever read. Werewolves are a one one partner animal. They they have their partner that they mate with for life, and then that's it. They're very um, uh, you know, true to the one person that they're with. Whereas vampires have these harems, like male or mm. female. They have these groups of people that they sexually feed off of, and it's this arrogance of of like. And that's not to say just you know a caveat. That's not to say that people who have non-monogamous relationships are like this this the vampires do it greedily they they're like they just take over people and they have these large groups who are like essentially slaves to them and like that has mm-hmm. always reminded me of like a lot of these elitist wealthy dick cheeses who are who are vampiric upon the economy they, they they just feed off of people and and just so they can make more money just and i i've always felt the vampires embody that mm-hmm. um so, and I've talked to like my partner kid about this. So for me, it's like, I think werewolves and war seem to have this connection because that's who would be fighting in these armies. You don't have elitists. Like if you go back to uh, world war two, Vietnam doesn't matter. Um, the rich wealthy guys didn't get drafted. They always seemed to get out of it. They never had to go. Yeah. It was the lower class to middle class guys who like when that letter showed up, you're going like you can't mm. fight it. And there's their parents couldn't fight it. And 
it was sad because a lot of those guys didn't come home. So I think mm-hmm. that's why werewolves seem to have this connection to modern warfare because it was this helplessness of like, well, I have to go fight. I have to go. And, and how the war turned them into these monsters. It's very much like they were bitten by a werewolf. And then when they came home, they had to deal with all this, like this primal instinct that they didn't have before. And it's very much being turned Like it's very comparably being turned into a werewolf. So it's, you know, I, I guess, I mean, that, that's just me guessing, but, and I've also just loved werewolves. So I'll, I'll read or watch anything that's got a werewolf in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a pretty funny it's it's cool because there's a photo of colton and i on halloween uh before we went trick-or-treating and it's it's me our sister and colton and i'm dressed as a werewolf and colton is dressed as batman and like yeah. it was i think it was last year uh, when at toronto comic-con there i i kind of noticed that because colton's walking around dressed as batman and like I, every Halloween without fail, I dress up as a werewolf for in one way or another. And I, I just find it interesting that like years later, like we're grown men now, years later, we still hold on to those two costumes. Like, yeah. Wow. I just find it so cool. Our sister yeah. doesn't really dress like a cat anymore, but she could, I mean, if she wanted to, she could totally does be a cat. She does collect Catwoman comics. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But yeah, so. Thanks to you. Um, but another thing I was going to mention too, there's a movie um, called Overlord and it's not werewolves, but it's like very much World War II strange castle. This group of soldiers have to infiltrate this strange castle. There's these strange monsters and like... I heard that's really evils. good. It's really good. I, I actually own it um, and I, I should watch it again because I've only watched it once. Um, but there, it also reminds me, so I kind of go into this tangent. Um, there's a story that my friend Justin wrote called, uh, I think it's called Tutanot. <clears throat> and it's about the same thing. This group of soldiers, they find this evil castle and they go into the castle and there's, there's monsters in the monsters in the evil castle. So it's all this, there's this weird connection between these primal monsters and world wars with an evil castle somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, going back to Nom Wolf, um, I would say it's like a really good story. It's got basically goes through the life of this character, Marty, Marty Sherman, I believe his name was. And um, Spencer, Marty Spencer. And he's it just, you get to see this young kid and he's trying to fit in with all these ragtag war heroes and he goes on adventures and there's like this evil uh, Vietnamese vampire that keeps attacking surrounding villages. And he has to go fight that and fight some jerkwad bully. That's part of his platoon that thinks he's a freak. So um, I don't, don't want to ruin it for you, but it's, it's a really good story. It goes into Marty's family history uh, at one point in the, in the story, like it shows how, Marty's family's like fought in Scottish wars and they fought in like English wars and fought world war one. So I think even world war two. So you kind of get to watch it and the, you know, like I said, the art's really cool and animated color palettes are amazing. Um, that's one thing I really dig sometimes on comic books is like the, the palettes, the palettes are important to me. Um, 
because it you know keeps me interested. But yeah, um, not sure how else to phrase it. Go check out Nom Wolf. Nom Wolf. And who Nom the Wolf. writer and uh, artist? So the writer is Fabian Rangel Jr. And the the artist is Logan uh, Farber. Hmm. Or Faber. Yeah, to, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'll have yeah. to look it up. Maybe I can order it. Like I said. <clears throat> it's it's published by Albatross Books. Hmm. And it's like a graphic novel? Yep. Okay. Hmm. Well, it was, released, it was released in issues originally, but it's, oh, I think you can only get... Yeah. yeah, you can only get graphic novel now. Makes sense. Plus, yeah. ordering single issues online, it's ridiculously, like, priced. Yes. Like, I was thinking about ordering issue number eight of The White Knight, and, like, A, not available on Amazon.ca. You got to order it through Amazon.ca, uh, com, And it's, like, they're selling it for, like, you know, seven bucks, but then it's like, you know, fifteen dollars for shipping and handling. Ridiculous. Oh, that's no fun. No, that's ridiculous. Because it's come from the states, right? Right. Well, that's one thing I've noticed too. Like, there's been things I've wanted to order, um, and then normally, like, I order them. It's not a big difference on price, but now I try to order it. Like something that's like forty-five dollars. It comes around to becoming like almost a hundred bucks. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, so like, uh, well, I just recently bought something and I paid for, it and then it wasn't until it got processed that I was like, oh shit, that was an American money. Yeah. So something that was only fifty dollars is now like close to a hundred because conversion is ridiculous. Yeah, and shipping handling. Yeah. So yeah, I've been I haven't really buying much online no. since that. I think the last thing I bought online was a Run the Jewels t shirt. <laughs> Worth it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Gotta love Run the Jewels, man. Uh-huh. Um no that sounds interesting, yeah. That's it. I don't know if LP and Killer Mark are listening, but you guys rock. Keep doing your thing. Who did you say? If 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 LP and oh. uh, Killer Mike are listening, yeah, keep doing your thing. We're uh, patiently waiting for on the Jewels number four, four, which I think they are working on because they keep it's in the last month or so they've been releasing. I think they've released three sing- singles. So I think I think Run the Jewels Four is coming soon. That'd be sick. Yeah, be awesome. Um, yeah. So, um, anything else you want to talk about this week, Jess? Because we're only at uh, seven minutes, so still got some time to kill. We have to do some splicing. So, are we up to almost an hour? Um, I think the first half before I got disconnected was, uh, like 20 minutes or so. So 
But I think a lot of that will be cut out because I think I was talking for a while before I realized that you wanted to get the end. <laughs> that's Which, okay. You can just splice it in and yeah. I can listen to it later. Yeah, that's what I was planning on doing. Seeing what, what sounds better and splice. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have a whole lot else I want to talk about. I mean, should we maybe set up something where people can like call in or, or email questions? Well, we should probably do that. So for our listeners, if you follow us on um, the Anchor app, you can do that. You can or Spotify. Well, but if you go through the Anchor app, you can send us um, voice messages as well as like actual like, like you can message us. So I know oh, cool. that currently is the only way for people to send us messages. Um, the other option would be to either private uh, private message me or, or as they say, DM me on my Instagram, which is... Uh, you can do the same for me, yeah. Yeah, which my Instagram tag is at Woodstock Underground Red Hood. Um, Jesse, yours is, I believe, at Flash Canyon 22. Yeah, so I'll I'll put those both in this week's issue. Um, maybe at probably right where this is talking, it'll just show up. Um, cool. But yeah, so because we use Anchor, uh, please for our listeners download Anchor. Um, even if it's just to message, discover new podcasts because they do offer a lot of amazing podcasts uh, as well as record your own. Um, I think during this quarantine process, I think podcasting is a great way to a, you know, have some conversations with friends because this app is very easy to use. Um, It uh, makes it very easy to navigate, to record with others. Um, so, yeah, please download the app. Um, and, yeah, send us a message. You can send us either, like I said, a text message or even you can record a voice message, which we can then put on our podcast. So if anyone who's listening, you might be able to hear your voice on this uh, highly popular podcast. So popular. So popular. Hundreds of views. Um. Yeah. So yeah, currently that's the 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 easiest way to do is download the app, and then you can private message us, and uh, we can talk about you know things that you guys think you want to hear, um, things that we said wrong and you want to correct me because more than likely it was probably me that said it wrong. Um, there's there's probably things I said too that were not correct. So. I'm thinking mostly it's just pronunciation <laughs> of names. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or little details because I'm bad for like remembering things that I read like six months ago. Uh, I might get a little details wrong. So cool. I guess this sure. is a good place yet again to end this week's issue of uh, Two Beards and One Comic. And I hope uh, everyone enjoyed listening to issue number four. Um, like I said, if please like and follow us. And if you can, download the Anchor app. And please send us a private message. We would love to hear from you. Uh, and uh, I hope everyone enjoys their day. Stay safe. Stay healthy.
And nope. uh, hope to uh, hope to have you guys listen to issue number five. Sounds good. All right. Bye, everyone. See you later.